Are you looking for inspiration? In need of career guidance? Wondering what path successful people take? Listen up. I am Vibha Kagzi, CEO and founder of ReachIV.com, a Harvard alumnus and the author of Break the MBA Code. I'm going to be your host on this weekly show called House of Experts, where you can get an insight into a wide range of career choices directly from industry stalwarts. So buckle up and get ready to take off. Oh, hi. Hi, Bhavika. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? Hello. All right. I hope... I'm very good. Thanks. Good to see you. Um, all right, guys. I... Bhavika's on and we're going to kickstart today's show. Um, before just starting to it, just a quick introduction. Uh, my name is Vibhaka Aksi and I'm the founder and chief. 22 of House of Experts. And as you guys know, we started the House of Experts series to bring to you experts from different domains who will share their journeys and through this conversation, throw light on their challenges, their successes, their triumphs, and their highs and lows. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of introducing a very, very dear friend of mine. So this, this episode is special because Bhavika is someone I've known since I was a child. And I've seen her truly grow and build this business. Um, you know, when, when you talk about getting your hands dirty, dirty Bhavika is really someone who sort of exemplifies that. Uh, Bhavika is going to talk about her life, so I'm going to keep this introduction brief. Um, just want to say that you know she's worked with over 400 clients uh, in the branding, designing, and identity space. Um, big clients like the Taj and the Mahindras, medium-sized clients, and smaller clients. Um, so Bhavika, I'm you know, just really excited to have you on the show, and um, I want I want to sort of have Should you talk about your journey. So, welcome to the show, Bhavika. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. So, I can right. start with maybe just some of the... Sorry. All right. So, going to kick start uh, by asking Bhavika a little bit about... That's my favorite question, Bhavika. I always like to ask people about like their childhood, you know, because I feel like our childhoods really make us into the people we are. So can you give us a little sneak peek into your childhood and, you know, what was it like? What kind of person were you? What were your parents like? Just a little little sneak peek into your childhood. Yeah, so was it truly meek, shy, still media shy <laughs> person? Uh, my parents actually were, dad's from a business background, has his own business, very organized, uh, mom's an artist. So I think that blend somewhere has gotten me where I am today. Um, I started at the Bombay International School, so again, a very free-flowing curriculum, so always been of that mindset. Went to UWC after, but that came as a rude shock in the art space, uh, purely so because you, in uh, India we're UWC, taught... UWC uh, is, is this international boarding school that you attended. Um, how, how did that happen? How did you think about going to UWC and what was the environment in UWC like? Uh, that's a really interesting, I'm glad you asked, because we were the first batch, actually, and there was absolutely, uh, the college didn't exist. Uh, parents took a huge risk with a huge amount and decided to take admission in this international college with kids from uh, 
60, 70 different nationalities, your roommates from different continents. Wow. And it was a fantastic experience. Uh, we didn't have the college ready initially. We literally put bricks to bid it. Um, and slowly in the next couple of months, we moved up to college. We had international faculty. Great program. Um, art in specific is what I took as my higher level subject. We were the first IB batch in the country at that point. And um, yeah, it was a very interesting uh, when we were put, we were all put into these little rooms, which was really interesting, where you know you had uh, and one student from Poland, there was me, there was a student from New Zealand, and they said, "Do what you feel like." So, with the background that ICSE gives you, I went and started scribbling in one corner of the room with a pencil, whereas the student from Poland was now throwing buckets of paint all over the room. So it kind of opened up uh, design, culture, art all together for me. After which I went to MS University in Baroda. Okay. And again, it was a bold step. So. Okay, so you did. Yeah, essentially. At the high school. You started with art as a subject. Sorry, I can't hear you, Vita. You started by taking uh, art as a subject in the 12th grade, and then you went to Baroda, you mentioned. Yes. So again, all the Indian students in UWC went abroad. I was the one student who stayed back in the country. Uh, I did know I wanted to do design and art somewhere, grew up with it at home. And uh, yeah, I did know that India has such a rich culture, and we tend to run away from it, but I'm a Longest design, aesthetics, culture, colors, brightness, form, all lie within Indian culture. So a lot of inspiration from there all through. And uh, post my graduation here, I did go to America for my master's after. Um, I think your network is fluctuating a bit, Bhavika. Okay, I, I, I caught the part about finishing okay. up at Baroda, all the different colors you saw here in India, and then you chose to go for your master's to the US. Yes, I did go to the Savannah College of Art and Design in the US, and I was there for a year and a half doing my master's, uh, which was a fantastic blend between the Indian and the Western philosophies and design, kind of brought me to this minimal design with maximum from India. And that's essentially the principle I feel like I follow till date in design. So that was the study journey. And uh, yeah, my parents were really bold. Now that I have a little daughter, I keep wondering how they kept sending me away. I don't think I have the heart to, but they did. And okay. I'm eternal. All right. So uh, yeah, we have a question here from Chrisan who says, what inspired you to start on your own? So what happens? So you, you finish college, you get this really strong foundation, studying art, literally 10th grade, 12th grade, undergraduate and this postgraduate degree. So it seems like academically, you, you know, in terms of skill and technique, you really made sure you had your essentials in order. What happened next? How, how, did, how did this move? Uh, I came back to India because I knew I wanted to come back. Uh, everyone, I mean, that was something that I was quite sure of from the day I left. So I came back home and then I switched. Uh, to answer the question, I wasn't inspired, I was pushed. But I did switch five jobs in six months, uh, had a crazy beginning. 
I was at one job for a couple of months and then switched several. I realized I just wasn't cut out to work. I was quite terrible at um, every job that I was at. Uh, late hours, parents were not comfortable with. Overall, I just felt like I was. Uh, India had moved from hand to computer in that year in design specifically, so I felt like I did know the softwares. I saw an opportunity there, and I was quite hell bent on uh, doing something on my own. But not at that point. At that point, I was just quitting jobs and sitting at home till my parents were ready to throw me out of the house. <laughs> so okay. they so you, you tried your hand at a couple of jobs. and somehow they weren't working for you okay Th- then what happens so i was essentially sitting at home on a couch and one day just got um cornered by my parents and they were literally like either you get a job or you leave home and at that point uh i was cursing them but now i am grateful again for what happened and um i wasn't ready to go back to a job so then i got thinking um my dad and mom both thought that it was ridiculous for me to start a company with almost no experience i was all of 24 years old um decided that i that it wasn't working so i actually uh, went to my nanny who coincidentally i was talking to and i said this is what i want to do i want to start a company and she turned around and said sure i'll loan you the money for the first computer but you got to give yeah. it back to me in 3 months <laughs> and it kind of threw me off completely saying how would i ever do that and that's how the journey actually began um so yeah okay wow. so you took you got your first loan from your nani uh get enough money to buy a computer and then you sort of started out solo it was just you it was just me uh i got a dtp operator who was an intern and then as a few months went uh i had around six interns from jj school on my bed behind me because <laughs> we had one computer yeah. and we were seven of us in a room uh that to just for summer and then they'd go back to college Uh, I don't even know why they were with me at that point, but I think everyone was excited by the idea. I didn't have a company name. I got that after. So yeah, it all kind of then just started as it went. And um, after that, dad, mom, of course, thought it's high time. Dad gave me a space in the office, and then things took off from there. Okay, great. All right. Uh, wow, quite an incredible start there. Um, of course, very classic entrepreneur, bootstrapped. took the loan i hope you paid the loan back to your nani i hope that's over and done oh, with so i must tell you she actually called me every 15 days to check on that so that really oh, wow. pushed me not to spend money and has taught me till date to kind of hold on and uh, not overspend and kind of keep your uh, numbers in check it's been a great learning so yes i did it on that loan within 3 months <laughs> okay great all right there's some comments here krishan great family support of course krishan sounds like great family support but it came with a a carrot and a stick ha huh? she had to pay back <laughs> uh tanya bali singh bhavika you are amazing um gorangi jadav an amazing mentor and the best guide um gonna pick up well, gori devi they are hello lovelies bhavika warmest soul by sagar chapal okay picking up a question here from manoj gursahani so what happens after that can you share key challenges you faced as an entrepreneur so you know what was the journey like how did it sort of evolve from there uh from there essentially uh worked several years started out got married uh had was very fortunate again to get an extremely supportive set of in-laws and husband never stopped me from working a day pushed me to work um got i mean continued working from there we kind of so you went from like these six seven interns uh you know sitting yeah. in one bed how did you then go and develop a team how did you go build your client base like how did that happen 
So I essentially worked on a retainer model. So whenever retainers came in, I would then employ more people because I was again all about the safety and to make sure I wasn't over budgeting. So that was something I really took care of. And honestly, anyone who's starting out, cost keep your costs low. I think I worked with that, and that really helped me grow. Um, as retainers grew, I hired certain number of interns, certain number of employees, and then we got a bigger space. And slowly, it took off from there. Um, when it came to clients, we've not been someone uh, as a team. We have never been applying for awards. We haven't been in media. None of that. So essentially, word of mouth and a lot of family and friends just spreading the word. Uh, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. Families of clients spreading the word. I don't yeah. work with family and friends, as I feel like it's really complicated. <laughs> it seems like obviously you know success bred success, and. you know you built your client base essentially through your work okay um terrific uh, let's take on here a question from ibul gonzalez who's like what goes on behind building a brand okay uh, that's a great question something i want to get into also like what is a brand you know as, as an expert how do you guys even define a brand you know let's start just at the very basic uh, and so i'd like to move a little bit towards the side because i think the text is covering your face just move a little bit yeah yeah perfect Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I do teach uh, branding and strategy at ISD, and that's when I did a lot of research into how I define the brand. Sure. And I decided that a brand to me is a promise, and branding is a promise kept. So essentially, branding to me is everything uh, about a company, an institution, a product, a service that trickles down through the institution. So it's not okay, about a color. Let me capture that again. I think that was just beautifully phrased. So you said a brand is a promise. and branding is a promise kept kept yeah so okay, what that, kind that's of beautiful i just love that i love this up in that okay terrific yeah so that was something i've narrowed down on and kind of worked with all through and um, yeah so essentially it's not just the color or the icon or the font but it's even the peon's behavior when you enter an office on how he greets you i think it's an entire philosophy personality so we tend to personify a brand so what we do with most of our clients is then say that if this was a human being what would they actually be what would be the personality of the brand what would be the traits what would be the qualities uh the positives the negatives you know if it's a food brand that's actually a junk brand what would be the negatives of that character and then we kind so, of even so you're saying you sort of animate like you humanize a product is that what you're saying Yeah, whether it's a product, a service, a company, we tend to give it a personality before we get into uh, working on the brand, because then that gives it an entire character board. Ah, wow. Okay, very interesting. And okay, I strongly is- feel a brand is your baby, so you're kind of nurturing it from there. Okay, fine. Brand <laughs> is your baby. A brand is a promise. Okay, terrific. Uh, can we can we go? Yeah, I know Miraki. Interesting, right? Personifying a brand, I find this quite fascinating. Uh, someone else, Shishi Banka, says profound line. I agree, Shishi. This is really profound. <laughs> I'm, I'm just loving the, the description. Okay, so tell us the process. Yeah, if, you know, if someone comes to you uh, with a product or a service, what what do you guys do? How do you sort of break down? Like, you know, I have so many guests here from very very different fields. Um, how do you even start thinking about? It? So, if a client walks into the door. What's, what can you just walk us through the entire evolution of how you go from a problem to a solution how do you come up with a brand solution shall sure, i make a live case study because i think it might be the best way to take this forward and uh, i'll do the ups and the downs that we went through we um 
pitched for St Regis around uh, it was palladium at the time 7 or 8 years ago and uh, got the account but with another two agencies on board also um worked with them for a year had a lot of back and front developed systems with them because i feel like any client you sign on uh, you are developing systems with them if there's work daily brand brand questionnaires sending them because uh, a single client versus a hotel both are different mm-hmm. and i'll take one at a time but a hotel essentially there was a lot of management a lot of hierarchy so how to work through that how to not increase uh, the number of changes you are making on a creative to save time for both so a lot of back and forth happened and we developed an entire system which was working wonderfully by then it changed to st regis and the entire management changes and you're again changing hands um at that point they were ready to they asked the three agencies that were there to pitch and they were ready to throw us out because our systems were made them work too <laughs> so that was a bit of effort on their part where they had to detail out things a lot more for us since we are we tend to ask a lot of questions like i said because if i'm trying to personify a brand or even an event if it's a poster for diwali i still need details on what you're serving because i want to go into that depth and want okay. to find out if some thought so through so just to understand the entire flow so if the first thing you do if someone comes to you you say give me the personality traits of your brand is that the starting point we have a brand questionnaire which i share with them and that okay. does have that as one of the questions there are multiple questions on how you define your brand competitors target audience uh, unique selling points and yes uh, personality there are also just kind of illustration thing which illustration do you like and oh. is it uh, a dotty one is it a abstract one is it a geometric one which kind of gives me perspective again into the thought process often people are not able to tell you exactly what their brand is and i realize briefs don't work which is why we developed this questionnaire and work backward once we get that filled in we essentially share with them a mind map uh, which is just words like a spider web and a mood board of images that we perceive their brand to be and uh, that step one into kind of getting uh, mindsets matching for both brands and the minute the client is like hey that word doesn't fit my brand at all i've already saved myself time while creating the creative and that's when we that's when we sit with the client and really brainstorm maybe do a workshop with the team and just make sure everyone is aligned in that thought process and right. once we do that then we move into design okay all right so uh, starts with a questionnaire you try to identify uh, brand traits uh, the market they're going after the unique selling points of the brand i mean you understand the entire landscape first then you so create what, what you're calling a mood board correct okay and what basically all this draws us to the insight and why the brand should exist okay, so the minute great. we have an insight we take it forward from that okay terrific so let's go back to the example about the saint regis and all that So, what sort of insight did you get from that? Like, you know, what, how did you sort of conceptualize their identity and their brand? Uh, Basis this philosophy. Okay, so that was not a brand we essentially developed. Uh, that was a brand where we had a lot of issues. Almost got thrown out, came back in, okay. uh, dealt with the team, worked with the team, sort of. And we were—I mean, I think we're greatest of friends today. A lot of them are on the chat also. So, yeah. So that's. that rapo when it comes to one particular client out uh, there's a client we have in the UAE where we did have a lot of differences because the first time they came to us it was a the company is called the goodness company and uh, they wanted their brand 
to be good for you so essentially every, they kept things that are good for you so and the uh, colors associated with goodness natural organic were green browns and shades of that sure. at that point uh, i was hellbent on staying away from those colors because i thought it's way too common and everyone was doing it so we thought about what colors would work and we worked uh, decided to convince them to go with a black and white at that they were 100% that we didn't understand the brand and wanted us to leave so <laughs> they were like you guys don't get it we are not a black and white um when definitely so why why what was the thought process so as a lay person i think organic i think green and brown Absolutely. you obviously didn't think green and brown so so what what is the thought process how how do you guys you know how how do you think it's it's just so abstract to yeah. me yeah so it was again uh, we put a mood board together we put a mind map together and we thought about what are clean colors to us what is clean uh, eating what are clean and what is black and white black and white is there is no cheat in it it is essentially either it's black or white there is no gray space and that's how we got to that color palette but we decided that it's still products that are good for you so the bag was and the handbags the carry bags outer packaging was all black and white and the inner packaging was bright colors so it does good to you is what we wanted to sort of convey ah okay so the black and white is symbolized no gray area it's either good or bad okay Absolutely. great and then the color uh, sort of signified the happiness or the joy that will come out of these so the product gives you and uh, okay. every product actually spoke to you so the bigger uh, carry bags said the bag uh, big big bag of happiness uh, the nutella jars for example said the jar with joy so every product was named and actually spoke to you and uh-huh. that was the interesting uh, part okay. of that project uh, since we are on the colors i have a question here for miraki wellbeing who says how do you pick colors for a brand is is there is there a is there a process Thank you for that question Miraki. Yes, <laughs> I absolutely love picking colors and this is something we've been stuck with for many 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 years. Uh a little secret we essentially pick colors from nature. I do think that's the most beautiful way to do it and you have every color. I mean, sure. if I want a shade of green, I have a billion. So often when we go for treks or I'm traveling, um we were in Kajak the other day. wherever i am essentially i'm taking photographs or the girls are taking pictures i tell my entire team to do this all the time and uh, we actually color pick because i feel nature matches color so beautifully and a blue and an orange in a sunset actually works so wonderfully together and it's something you would not put that thing said when i use a blue and an orange shade directly myself it might not be as beautiful but when it's picked from a sunset they just work really really well together so Yeah, I often revert to uh, nature. Nature picks. I think this also comes a lot from Mum because she's been painting forever, and her watercolors sort of have always been nature. So, I think there's a strong influence there. Okay, great. Okay, Meraki, I hope that uh, helps answer your question. Uh, I love that answer. So you 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 pick your palette from nature's palette, and that in itself uh, is infinite shades of every shade. Okay, awesome. Does the work for me? <laughs> okay, awesome answer. Love it. I'm going to pick up another question here. uh from uh, surbi sandani says how can i build and develop my brand as an independent musician in india so as as an independent freelancer as a musician how, how should she go about planning her identity uh it's something that um, it's your identity needs to depict who you are when you decide to use the fonts the colors whatever you decide to use for your identity it's got to reflect who you are the minute it's honest uh and it's memorable uh 
it's something that will stay relevant for a longer time i just feel whenever there's a memorable brand um i'll give you an example we did this with a hairdresser and uh, we decided to just keep it as her name which was a very simple short catchy name it was sara and then sort of worked with her on developing colors and things that she did and she used to often streak her hair so we streaked the logo at that point and um so just something that's memorable catchy relevant and um, something that sort of holds longer it will hold a lot longer if it is uh, so so for the hairdresser would you go with the traits of the hairdresser or would you go with the traits of the hairdresser's work you know like or you know or do you see that fusing like is it the individual or is it the individual's work i um, don't feel like it comes together so the individual's work reflects the individual's personality but definitely the personality would take um, i would put it above the work because the work will keep changing depending on trends and you don't want your logo to change now with social media the lifespan of a logo is very very short it used to be over a 100 years earlier uh if you see the indian merchants chamber logo which we've just changed uh it's a 100 year old logo and now the lifespans are 5 to 10 years with social media um with dynamic logos with the amount logos are changing so movement in logo dynamism and space for change i think is really really important now and relevant okay great i'm glad you touched upon social media i have a question here from shalini goenka who says in today's age with social media around how does branding work um it's such a broad spectrum how do you handle this okay great question thank you uh, shalini for that question that's a lovely yes, question too and it's just about consistency again going back to being memorable uh, i think that comes with consistency with every brand we develop we develop a brand manual and i think that's something that's very very pertinent even if it's just a musician or a hairdresser a brand manual is a little book uh 10 to 15 pages you can go a lot deeper and broader for uh, companies but initially a short book that explains your primary colors your secondary colors your palettes your fonts and that helps in consistency so if i see the same colors being reflected on screen and in print over mm-hmm. a period of time i start relating that to the brand and the same happens with different fonts so um different grid structures today no matter what google does just that color they keep changing their logo it's dynamic but just that mm. color play the spacing and you know it's google so um. cadbury is can remove the text but if they have the two jars pouring the milk you still know it's cadbury okay so you're so, seeing in regardless of the platform uh the brand should take consistent in terms of like some elements of the brand should stay consistent and that's absolutely. how you form the identity absolutely it could be icons it could be fonts it could be colors it could be whatever you feel strongest holds relevance and uh, that sort of just keeps the brand alive because and the minute it there's a memory factor the chance of it dying out are a lot less okay so this memory is another word that's coming up a lot so make the brand yeah. memorable is what you're saying okay absolutely. great I'll pick up a question here since we are on still on colors and the brand and then I'll move to another area. Uh, Raju Lakshmi uh, asking are there color groups that are preferred for a certain type of product or industry? This is a very interesting question. Yeah, is, is I'm not like I'm not of the belief. Uh there are people of the belief I'm not. I do feel like again it depends on the product on the personality of the product and how you depict the color. What kind of content works uh design of course now goes hand in hand with content at all times 
and we do that's why we focus on both as strongly and i do feel like it's very important uh, for content and design to go hand in hand and then color is something that kind of supports whatever messaging you are willing to give and people start relating that color to that personality that you are assigning to it okay if i'm making sure okay so um, essentially you're saying that you know that rajlakshmi i think the answer is no the the color groups and all i think she's saying are fluid uh it's more about making the the brand sort of stand for the values and uh, trying to make it memorable so there are sorry hmm. sorry to interrupt but there are definitely colors that define so blue goes for trust orange goes for more fiercity red goes for more danger there are definitely colors and every color has its attribute but i do feel you can swing it and make it work with different color combinations if that helps answer it better okay great i honestly that example you gave about the black and white and you know yeah, that that that's I, I think yeah. brought the point home a lot okay one more question on colors and miraki taking your question again what works more the color or the font type so are you, are you are you guys as brand you know are you guys always struggling with the spectrum of <laughs> color for uh, the name yeah, like yeah 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 it it's a family it's like the mother the father the brother the sister all kind of fits in it's a jigsaw puzzle so it depends uh, i don't think one or the other holds more importance color does have a very very strong memory factor uh, so we do spend a lot of time on finalizing that and the color palette okay all right so we're coming back to memory i'm going to remember this from your conversation okay switching gears here question from roro3111012 as an entrepreneur how do you balance your work with home and kid okay so this is about trisha and you uh yeah. you know, tell us a bit about that how are you balancing you know i i mean i know you had the baby and you still continued working throughout that phase so a little bit about being a woman and managing you know your company and your family life um have had incredible support so firstly i honestly it's been fabulous in laws parents everyone but that being said i was extremely driven or uh, didn't want to stop working i had 9 months of bed rest with my daughter i worked up to the day of my wedding uh, all through the 9 months after the c section started working the next day and at um, 40 days my child was in a car seat with a meeting uh, at a meeting with me <laughs> sitting by my side so yeah she went along with me and i sort of um, i you know i didn't bottle feed her i did not give her top feed i kind of decided she needs to be with me and continued working and they both they were both my babies they went hand in hand okay so you have so, two babies at the same time okay all right roro i hope that answers your question i think it's just talking a little bit about the tenacity and drive she had and i honestly bhavika i've seen you you know through this phase of your life and uh, i'm going to attest to the drive you and determination you've had it's been really incredible uh we'll take a question here from devain shah uh who has been your motivator in your life okay great paraphrasing that like you know what inspires you what inspires you what motivates you that's my dad to begin okay. with <laughs> all right so um yeah essentially how i mean i've just seen both my parents work tirelessly and uh, i saw the same with uh, after marriage i've just seen both of them there's not a saturday they my mom paints she paints till late i mean late into the night dad's extremely organized it's kept me very motivated my husband's a permanent motivation he's always pushing me so yeah i feel like i've been very fortunate friends family i just it 
been yeah there's nothing specific but something's kept me going <laughs> when i'm falling back there's enough people to like beat me with a stick and say no it's time to go to work <laughs> okay so and that so happens of, all the time yeah okay great lots of lots of uh, sort of positive primary influences in your life a lot of beating a lot of beating one is it back cuz i had there's been phases i mean very often when i wake up and say okay time to shut beyond design or time to not go to work and that's only natural with everything you go through in a woman's life and you know but uh, yeah it's no one let me even if i want to <laughs> okay great that's that's super candid and, th- and thanks for sharing so yeah. you know I, as an entrepreneur i feel you you know i do have yeah. mornings uh, even now after 10 years when I'm, i get up in the morning and it's like i'm just going to shut yeah, this exactly. like it's so overwhelming and then obviously yeah. something inside you keeps you going and you never have a day off right after you are an entrepreneur it's a 24 hour 365 day job so yeah i, I look back at the my last period and, you know yeah you you yeah. can't take a day off you're always just Absolutely. you're always on you know Absolutely. okay great uh picking up on a comment here from janesh mehta uh wonderful endeavor to support ngos your way of giving back to society professional and more kudos okay so i uh, thank you sir for your comment but uh, bhavika for the benefit of us who don't know about this could you sort of share a little bit about your work with uh, i know we you do a little lot of work with the rural communities as well so a little bit about the rural communities and then the ngo that sir is talking about please so sure. so essentially since we started the company i think two or three years into it and now we're 15 years uh, into beyond design uh, we do adopt an ngo every year so we adopt wow. an ngo and we uh, don't I'll be honest. We spend around four or five months with them, handhold them, create all their marketing material, and uh, then try to get them on their own feet. I don't hold on to one NGO because I just feel we have so many. And how do you possibly um, work with so many? So what we try and do a little bit by handholding them, creating their marketing material, cleaning up their communication, and sort of then letting them go forth with. Uh, the branding so we've done that with quite a few ngos we've recently also worked with a maharashtra women's entrepreneur uh, organization called mavim uh, funded by the united nations and here we did a lot of packaging where again very simple uh, here we thought through ultimately they were going to throw their masalas in a plastic bag so guiding them on how to do that and you know just sticker design for them but at the same time how the sticker should look Sorry, attractive enough for uh, somebody on Amazon to want to buy it. So we just sent them stickers they could stick on initially, and then now slowly getting them into more sustainable packaging. So yeah, definitely keep working with different institutes. I do feel like we are very fortunate, so it's time to do that little bit back, no matter what, at all times. Wow! So you adopt one NGO a year? Yeah. So we handhold them for five, six months of the year, and uh, create whatever we can for them in that time. Wow. I mean, I mean, honestly, with that, you, you say, you, you say, you, you're making it sound like I just take them on for three, four months. But I mean, essentially, <laughs> in those three, four months, yeah. if you're able to give uh, an NGO a brand, a logo, an identity, a basic marketing collateral, you're, you're essentially setting them up for the next ten years. You know, it's not. Yeah, it's I need to interest. set them up. Yeah, they're the ones yeah. who need the marketing material because they need to raise funds more than anybody else. <laughs> So essentially, uh, yeah, we set them up. We give templates, and then we also suggest they hire an in-house designer who we speak to, train, and then he can take it forward from there. Wow, very impressive, amazing, oh, yeah. very, very inspiring. Uh, picking up another question from Shalini Goenka, who says, uh, "For setting up a branding company, do you yourself have to have a creative mind?" 
or can you find good talent that's available that's a great question shalini thank you so where, yeah. you know where are you on the spectrum of like all the ideas are sort of sprouting out of your brain versus you know collective teamwork like i love this this is a great question yeah it's a great question and it's a really tough question um i don't know <laughs> is my answer but essentially i do feel you do need to have the creative background or at least the eye because after a point when you are an entrepreneur and running the business you have very little time to physically go back and design yourself uh between accounts and marketing and managing it's very very difficult to sort of go back and design but at the same time i can't let a design i don't till date let any design leave the studio without me looking at it uh, oh, wow. because it is your responsibility it is something you have taken on personally and it's not fair to kind of just because everyone associates the brand with you when you're an entrepreneur so i still don't let that happen and it's important that i kind of tweak whatever i think is necessary in design before it goes out so you do give it sort of like the final touch and the final look and you know you sign off on it if needed a lot of the girls have been with me a really long time i have a fabulous all girls team uh, since a lot of the girls were with me 10 years ago then they've gotten married had children and actually come back to work with me which has been a very rewarding feeling because then you know they're comfortable and you know they know it's a good place to be okay so, great so so a lot of that you know, initial sort of rigorous training you had in art and design um has obviously it's you still use it huh it, it sounds like you still okay any anything you could share about like you know from an academic perspective like maybe a concept you picked up at savannah um that you still see relevant in your work you understand to see you know what is the fusion between academic theory and practice um if if any you know so are, are you seeing that are you seeing a correlation i do and there were a lot of things that i actually did learn at savanna that um i feel didn't come by anywhere else later in my learning so a simple thing like you know to any format or any magazine or brochure we design uh to sort of create a grid and break the grid and you only break a grid after creating a grid so layouts layout design things like that have been applicable another thing i did was my thesis on semiotics uh, which is essentially signage and signage systems and infographic design so that's something i have applied a lot across the board i do feel uh, people read very 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 little so how do you retain attention and how do you you know let them continue reading without losing them or at least convey your point so we have started doing a lot of infographic work internally even for csr reports annual reports legal reports um yeah so we're trying to reduce content and move to infographics because i feel that's a lot stronger and that was something okay, i did great. my thesis in so wow so i mean you did your thesis what like 15 years ago 15 20 years ago 18 years ago. yeah 17 yeah 17 18 years ago so so very forward thinking huh because obviously today we're all stuck in this world of less words more imagery you know yeah. the millennial mindset is is just they, they don't they don't have the tenacity to read and yeah. therefore visuals become even more more interesting okay great yeah it was uh, actually sorry i'm going to interrupt but it was a really sweet story on how that started and it wasn't really me i just saw a blind man walking a really long distance every day so i said without um uh, without text how would he get somewhere uh if somebody you know gave him in braille gave him images and that's how i took up semiotics in my thesis so yeah oh, that wow. was in savanna oh. yeah wow amazing great story there um going to take a question here from bds 
how does one build a thousand crore brand in the medical industry bds that's a great question and if bhavika has got an answer for this then i'm going to switch career so, so maybe not i'm right going to i am going to tell you to invite him as a speaker because he has just done that <laughs> okay great it's so my uncle like and he has built the brand from scratch uh, a lot over a thousand crores and sold it so that's it so, <laughs> in, in general if if not thousand or like you know like how how does one go about since it's your uncle and you know his journey maybe you could share a little bit about that and like how you came in and how does branding and identity play its role so i do think that the first buy is always uh, essentially branding and packaging now in today's world and uh, what's happening is that's in a product specific area in a service it's your first impression what you're conveying through your presentations and i do think that first impact is very very strong in the mind um in anything that i am trying to work on and any brands we're trying to build we're trying to stay with the three r's that we've just developed for the brand which are real relatable and relevant and uh, i think if you stick to that very honest base your initial branding does help pick up your company but post that i don't think it's a phenomenon of branding it's a phenomenon of the entire company structure but it does take you a long way uh, in actually getting the whole company to be cohesive to have a similar mindset branding is not just about what is created on the computer and handed over but it's little brand books which kind of explain people even when you employ someone a little employee book which we've done now for the for sr for the billers it's essentially something that makes you feel one with the brand so it it outlines the traits and it sort of makes you feel like you're part of the company and then you start imbibing those brands when you are talking to people about your company so if it's a medical rep on a field for example it's uh, he should also be able to portray the same feeling that the owner has and the same passion I, needs to kind of flow through so okay okay that's i, I think that's again a, a terrific insight um you know cuz all of us think of branding you know as laymen we think of branding as what it, what it appeals to my customer you know this is my what my brand stands for yeah. and this is what my customer is going to listen to but uh, i think what you just talked talk about is even internally uh, it's what ties your company together it's the value system that your brand sort of embodies and the, the example about what that salesman at the field level takes you know to the customer which you have no control over sitting in your sort of tower office is is your brand and identity and the values that you sort of embodied in that brand okay that's a terrific insight bhavika i strongly uh, feel it's important to have your house in order before you go outside so sure. essentially your purpose your value your passion your culture kind of needs to trickle down through the entire organization and then that's going to be reflected on the outside because every there's a several touch points then on the outside okay great terrific uh, pick up a question here from devend shah how do you retain your clients and ensure that they come back to you this is great devin thank you for that question yeah. all of us are wondering how to do that as entrepreneurs abhavika tell us your story that's a good question um i have worked with two generations uh, across in 15 years already in most of my um, clientele which has been very very rewarding and it feels really really good to sort of uh, know that that people come back to you um they have become extended friends and family i do uh, connect with them i think the interactions are so close uh, because again like i said their brand is their baby and now i am kind of associated with that so 
just coming around a full circle it's essentially who they are and they're so passionate about in the minute you get that involved with them you build an association with family so it's happened across the board it's happened so i've worked with uh, vasundra who's now become a dear friend over the years when she did ice stone factory many years ago and now she introduced me to her dad and usually it's been uh, the younger generation because they're open to understanding branding and spending yeah. a lot more on it and uh, then they've introduced me to their parents or the older generation and we've worked with the bigger companies and then gone back to the younger generation and so okay. forth so, so are you you're saying the key to this is uh, uh, just sort of keeping the conversations going you're saying keeping the connectivity and uh, you you also spoke a little bit about just sort of uh, nurturing that bond is that is that what you're saying like yeah. what, what is the okay yeah. okay so it becomes a relationship sorry other relationship okay and uh, i I, lo- i like that angle about like the, the brand is their baby and now you're sort of yeah, you know okay they're part their baby so you're part of their yeah. whole upbringing of their child in in many ways yeah okay. and we treat i mean whether it's a huge brand or just an invite uh, so we did the siat cricket rating invitation card a really small project 14 years ago i want to say and uh, last 14 years we've been doing it over and over again so it's become our baby in the process and now sure. they don't want to brief anybody else on the concept or anything because we're so close to it so year over year they just call and say get the invite done so even briefing sure. becomes a lot easier when you are in sync with the companies that you're working with okay so so you finally you know the baby so well that you can sort of nurture yeah. and sort of caretake just as well as the parents would okay awesome uh because this question from r contra what do you look for when scouting for talent to work for you okay this is a great question how do you team build what do you look for you know what's worked for you in the past what hasn't worked for you in the past even uh it's a tough question but i'm all about the trust um i overdo it i have to admit but uh, i tend to hire i don't look at work as much as uh, the actual interaction uh when i'm comfortable with someone i do feel like the work will kind of build and i did learn a lot of hard lessons i did i have had designers who have joined me taken my entire team and started new companies i have had designers from my office who have uh taken our designs and sold them as their own whether it's wedding wow. cards or invites so we've had the terrible experiences but that's not made me not trust the team that i have i just think it's really unfair to kind of let that happen so we're an open book everything is out there um i do trust the team wholeheartedly today if we get if one of my designers designs a logo and i don't like it i still send it to the client if they are sure of it because they cl- they could have understood the client better than i have so and i hired them because i trust them so i kind of allow my designers to grow with the company and so um yeah and looking for talent with god's grace we haven't had to we get a lot of resumes um quite regularly and we've just sort of again uh, more personality that comes through if the email is written with a little softness more passion we've looked for passion and design so i've had designers who are terrible and they will tell you that and joined me <laughs> when they've joined me like the aesthetic has just been and now they look at their own work and laugh but uh, yeah they today they handle brands independently they and have their own studios also on board or purely on the basis of the passion they exhibited absolutely yeah i'm all about that all about passion okay passion yeah. and, and a lot of my girls have started their own companies i'm very happy to guide them help them 
and yeah, that's just how it's been. Okay, great. I hope that answered your question, our contra. It's interesting, you you know, you spoke about trust, um, Bhavika, and I, you know, because uh, I I remember reading something from Jack Welch, who built General Electric, right? And uh, you know, he spoke about value versus skill uh, in terms of hiring, and he said, "I will always pick value over value. skill." You know, it's exactly what you just talked about because yeah. he said the value system I can't teach. It's either in you or not. But skill I have, and I'll give you my skill. You know. Yeah, I'm happy to share that. <laughs> I need yeah, the value. Very generous about that. Okay, our contra seems happy with your answer. A few more comments. Shreya Jain says that's so inspiring. Shalini says I love this. Working with so many NGOs, what a great concept. Abel says, wow. I have lots of hearts and thumbs ups and all that. So be says that's really inspiring. Okay, guys, thank you for all the interactions and the and the boosting. So let's take another question from Shalini again. Okay, what kind of work hierarchy do you follow in terms in terms of roles and responsibilities? Okay, that's a good question. So how do you how do you sort of uh, structure a team in 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 design and branding? Right, what are the different roles that you have, and are there sort of finite roles, or does it all blend into like how does it work? Um, yeah, so we're a very small team. We're ten designers, and we have uh, twenty to thirty active clients at a time. So it is a very uh, tight. And I don't intend to expand that because, I, like I said, I look into every project personally, and there's only so much you can do when you want to give quality. We even stop taking on clients when we think we're full, uh, or we give really extended timelines. But um, to answer the question, we have no hierarchy. My junior most designer could possibly be the most talented and uh, take on the senior most project. And this goes for interns. We recently designed a logo for Parkinson's playing cards, um, a very exciting project for us because he wanted like Xerox has become for photocopying. He wanted Parkinson's to become for playing cards, like the next right. big thing. And my intern did it, and she did a fantastic job. So I didn't let a designer touch it, and uh, it went through. And today she has a fabulous project. So. We've never been about hierarchy because I don't think design is something that comes uh, with hierarchy. It comes. There is a lot of growth with exposure. You can definitely get better, but at the same time, uh, it could be an inbuilt talent, and you could be just phenomenal right at the beginning. And I think opportunity is necessary, so I try my best to give it. Okay, great. So uh, a manager who sort of will identify talent, nurture it, and not look at hierarchies okay i love that bhavika <laughs> make me uh, look something that resonates a lot better than it is no i i completely buy this i i get interns every year and i see the interns sometimes putting out much better work than uh, all of us in the office including myself same and it's, yeah, it's a very humbling experience actually we learn so much from our interns we you know so i'm i'm glad we're absolutely on the same page here i have another question here from shreya jain uh it's a long question in uh, okay she's talking about authenticity uh okay great this is a good question so how do you make sure that your designs are authentic and uh, reflect the client's identity in the best way possible so okay i mean you know, i'm going to paraphrase this um authenticity versus you know sellable you know how how do you sp- find yourself in that spectrum whether you know is this going to be more appealing and sort of is the consumer just going to like it versus is this truly authentic and sort of stands by the brand's value have you faced this sort of dilemma and where, you know where do you stand on this uh we face it all the time and uh i would take authenticity in two different ways uh one is essentially 
clients often want path breaking design and want something very different but don't want to take the risk <laughs> so that so is where i works everyone works in saying bhavika give me something different path breaking but i'm not going to take any chances but it should look exactly like apple <laughs> so that's essentially <laughs> what we get uh yeah no everybody comes in with exactly what they want but it has to be different so that is um it's a lot of workshops discussions uh mind maps mood boards that kind of then kind of get us in between the balance of the two and we sort of uh when we start design i essentially don't allow the girls to reference on the computer and neither do i for my first round because i th- i do feel there is so much inspiration out there that things start looking like copies which is very very important to me and that's not an option at all so we essentially start everything by hand um everything is sketched out concepts are written out and post that we go to the computer and we did this for a, a great example is qualia if you've seen rahul akhedkar's new restaurant we've actually hand painted the logo the pizza box and i had a very talented designer who actually put everything together and the macaroon box is all hand painted so it definitely doesn't look like it's a copy or it's not picked off anywhere or anything of the sort if in fact to just get the cue of the circle right we i think have done thousands of circles hand painted with a calligraphic brush so it's also fun and kind of keeps um the hand design part alive okay okay all right so that that level of detailing and maintaining the authenticity you you don't you do you yeah. do sort of deter them from looking at similar logos in the industry or that sector also once we finish doing the logo we still put it in a google image search because often you've not copied it but it does exist or uh, it's inspired you maybe 10 years ago and it's stuck in your head and it's in your memory and you've sort of recreated it or it could be someone who's copied it and it's my responsibility as an entrepreneur to kind of see that that doesn't go out to the client so we google image search every single logo we do and make sure and every single design we do and make sure that it's not existing already because that kind of um, would take away from the authenticity and the brand we have built for ourselves to be sure, so sure. okay wow yeah. okay so that level of sort of second guessing yourself and just oh. being like let let me make sure that even my own memory is not uh, sort of playing games with me wow love that uh, going to take this comment here from kejriwal nipun who says my wedding card remains the most memorable work bhavika lots of love uh thanks nipun that's very sweet nilifer says good to hear this i think she's happy that you're maintaining the authenticity okay as we're nearing the end of this bhavika uh just quick words of advice for someone who'd like to follow in your footsteps right someone who wants to create a branding design identity uh organization or just sort of build their own uh yeah. some tips just you know sort of final closing words uh be honest be communicative be real and i feel the work just comes in there's space for everyone it's a fantastic industry to be in um the balance in design minimal design communicative design i think it's not about decoration anymore it's about strong communication that's where the world is going everyone has less time on hand uh they have it's a quick glimpse and it's got to convey your message so strong message oriented communication and just be passionate about what you're doing if the passion is there it will keep you going on days that you don't want to get out of bed and if okay, not so, then you're going to give up <laughs> so lots lots of passion honestly i think uh, you know what you're saying at the end uh, almost sums up what you've just done in the last sort of 60 minutes for us bhavika uh, lots of authenticity lots of honesty lots and lots of passion seeping through your talk so uh, really thankful you know you've been very honest you've been very generous 
in sharing uh, so many ideas so many tips and uh, you know you really helped me rethink uh, branding and design in so many ways I, i you know i had no idea this is how how you know brands are thought about and uh, identified so lots of learning and lots of inspiration from you today bhavika thank you so much uh, yeah. this has been a terrific learning experience and uh, look forward to connecting with you very very soon bhavika uh thanks guys for all your questions going to allow bhavika to sign off if you want to say something to close feel free to thank you so much for having me and it was lovely sharing i mean i feel a lot of it i hadn't actually verbalized so it was lovely sharing everything with you and everyone interested